This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the The whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Arthur, my lad, what a joy it is to be with you this <laughs> fine day. Oh, yes. Where we uh, the cauldron and the st- sword of the stone. <laughs> ah, the sword and the stone. <laughs> uh, Rip it out and stab it into my heart. <laughs> Lord Barrister, uh, Andy uh, the First is here with us today. <laughs> Lord Andy of the Grundle. <laughs> well, I hope it's not Lord Andy of the Mystery House. Ooh. Because today's topic, Andy, is uh, yeah, it's very spooky and I would be very scared. I'm a frightened horse. <laughs> you are a frightened horse. <laughs> yeah. I have to approach you very gingerly when I try to pet you. Because yeah, you it helps if horse. you offer me some apples or <laughs> a, a palm full of oats. Yeah. You have a beautiful coat. Thank you. <laughs> it's very Technicolor. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've had to steal a lot of shoplift a lot of coats to get this. <laughs> uh, Andy, today we're talking about the Winchester Mystery House. It is a spooky, haunted, crazy house, straight out of literally. I mean, we'll bring it up. Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, believe it because it exists, or or, or not. Choose if you. I mean, that's hey, that's think, your choice. Think critically here, though, <laughs> Andy. Um, Today's topic comes to us suggested by none other than our patron and um, loyal bunk funker. Loyal bunk funker. Erica Elizabeth. Erica Elizabeth, loyal bunk funker, our patron, um, culinary, culinarian. Uh, incredible culinarian. Yeah. Erica, fuck yeah. Here to bake some motherfucking jerky. Baking her own cakes, jerking her own meats. Uh <laughs> She's doing it all. <laughs> Incredible work. Uh, you know, we always bring up Erica's uh, unbelievable baking on the Bunker Discord. But uh, thank you to Erica for suggesting this topic. It's a, it's a fun one. It's fun. This is fun. It's lighthearted. It's topic. fun. It's, it's haunted. If you like ghosts, you like haunted houses, you like fun, crazy. If you, hey, if you're into this old house, you're going to love this one. <laughs> it's perfect for us. It's a bit of history. It's a bit of mystery. Ooh. Uh, and... It's a bit of Listerine. <laughs> yes. Because we are abrasive. <laughs> yes. We are filled with alcohol and we will make your cuts Listening burn. to us is like the feeling you get when you swish Listerine, but inside your ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. 
<laughs> Another one of our great one-star reviews. <laughs> um, if you can't wait to get in line and tour the whole audio experience of the the Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> yeah, use this as like an audio tour. <laughs> you can play this podcast while walking through the uh, Winchester Mystery House, and it syncs up perfectly. All you have to do is look in the show notes and find the timestamp, and as soon as you walk through the door at the Winchester Mystery House, start at that time. Yeah, there's a timestamp in the show notes. That's where I'm going. You want to skip that. ahead to the research. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be less <laughs> opaque about if it. If this is your first episode, I mean, you know. Long, long time listeners know this already. And uh, anyway, because first, Andy, we got to talk about a few different things. We got a few different things going on here. We got a lot happening. Um, you know, actually, we don't. We don't have a bunker side. Oh, this okay. <laughs> <laughs> so much happening. Anyway, uh, let's move on, shall we? It's season three, baby. What are we looking here? <laughs> we are over it. Uh, but we do, we do need to ring the bunker alarm. That's is right. That not, is that not correct? No, we do. That's yeah. true. We have that. We have that part. Yeah. Should, should we do that now? I think we should. Um, you know, you know, longtime bunk funkers will know. Uh, Short time bunk funkers, you're about to find out. Um, Mister Bunker has a mid time bunk funkers. I don't know. I don't know. Depends on how much you pay attention. So I'm guessing based on the statistics, you probably don't know. Yeah. Uh, and you're probably side. not listening to this right now. Either listen to all of it or stop right now. <laughs> if you don't plan to see this through, we don't plan to see you through. Okay? It's season three. <laughs> you're either with us or you're against us. I'm sweating profusely. Um, Mr. Bunker invested uh, a while back in a uh, very sophisticated piece of equipment called the Bunk Tank Bunker Alarm 3000. It's unbelievable. And what this Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 does is it plays a perfectly synced alarm uh, for any deserving recipient. And you can become a deserving recipient of a bunker alarm by almost doing anything. Uh, you Truly. You can write into us through email, uh, shout out at us at social media. Uh, you could give us an episode topic suggestion. Uh, you can tell us how your day went. Uh, you could share some of the landscape photographs you've been working on. Um, you can give us a recipe for your favorite dessert. That's true. We would love recipes. And any of this will get you a bunker alarm. And today is no different. We got a delightful email Oh, uh, in the Mr. Bunker mailbox. Tickled uh, our fancies. Tickled our fancy. Uh, this is from... Um, love it when my fancy gets Jeremy tickled. G., Jeremy from, G from Arizona. Um, Ain't nothing but a Jeremy G thing. Jeremy G uh, wrote in with an episode topic suggestion, which spoiler alert, maybe coming up soon. Keep keep posted. whoa keep posted. Okay, that's news to me. <laughs> okay, well, just keep tuned. All right, uh, stay tuned, everybody. Well, I uh, guess I will. I don't know. And also, I'm going to uh, skip the intro. Sent us a picture of burning a candle. Uh, it's <laughs> well. it's a. It's a candle that looks like the guy at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, the one that melts? Who? I don't remember his name, but you know, the guy. That's not Christopher that? Lloyd, is it? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, you know, I could have looked it up. But, we'll look it up! You know, do I don't even do a modicum of work for anything. <laughs> you expect, anyway, here, I'll read Jeremy's message. It was very nice. He opens it up right off the bat. I love the opening. No fucking formal greeting. No fucking hey, guys. No fucking awoo! <laughs> I mean, either Jeremy's a fucking werewolf or he's just a dude who likes to fucking party and get down. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, I like to think that he was listening to Werewolves of London while he was <laughs> typing that. And that's just, it was queued up to that point when uh, he just started typing. 
I want to shoot you guys an email and let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I've transitioned to work from home over these, quote, corona times, trademark pending, and freely blast Mr. Bunker at maximum volume. That, well, you know, yeah, that might be against, honestly, like city zoning plans. You might not actually be allowed to do that. Jeremy, I would check. Uh, you have a perfect mix of conspiracy slash paranormal topics and comedy. Well, debatable. Anyways, keep at it, friends, and I'll continue to spread the word. Bit of local shenanigans. I suggest looking into the topic that they suggested, which <laughs> we're not going to give away anything. We're going to keep our secrets. That's for Jeremy to know. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks, guys. Loyal bunk fucker. <laughs> Jeremy G. <laughs> Loyal bunk fucker. Loyal bunk fucker. Bunk fucker. We love that. We love our loyal bunk funkers and our loyal bunk fuckers. <laughs> Andy is still looking up who played that evil Nazi guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ronald Lacey. <laughs> Shout out to Ronald Lacey. Thought maybe it was going to be John Reese Davies. You know, the guy who played Gimli. But it's not. He was in no, that role. Not even a little bit. What are you talking about? He was in that movie. Was he? Yeah, he was in that movie. Oh, neat. You know, I'd like to push you into a fucking propeller sometime. Indiana Jones did. <laughs> that was it. I wish I was as hogged out as that dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was a hog- he was a beefy guy. He was beefy. He was beefy. Uh, let's get this bunker alarm going for Jeremy, he huh? Was beefy. He was beefy. <laughs> Jeremy's waiting on bated breath. Yeah, could I sitting here looking I'm up so, fucking actors? Sorry, Jeremy. I got to keep looking at pictures of the cast of <laughs> Raiders of the Lost. God, Star. Harrison Ford looked good. God damn, he was in his prime. Still looks good. Oh, uh, okay, I'll, uh, I'll smokes right. a lot of All weed. Right. Jer- Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for for Maybe writing in. Thank I you so much know. for the episode suggestion. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your candle collection with us. Um, this bunker alarm is for you. I'm just going to program it up here. Oh, God, I should be burrito. <laughs> Lord, what's happening in that Ugh. tent? Ugh. i got to take a lunch break. Oh, we don't God. get lunch breaks. Oh, God. Uh Okay. Oh, 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 here's a good one. Okay, okay. This this one's screaming, Jeremy. It's like we soon will be. <laughs> We're gonna be screaming your name. We're gonna be moaning, Jeremy. Uh okay, let me just go ahead. And now uh, you know, bunk funkers, uh bunk fuck bunk fuckers, uh, you know that um we like to do a countdown because we're traditionalists, and uh, that's just our thing. You don't really need it for this sophisticated piece of equipment, yeah, but yeah, we like there. it because we're simpletons. Uh, so I'm going to count down, and then we're going to do this alarm. Uh, okay, so here we go. Three, two, one. Ahooga! 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 Wow. Well worth the investment. Jeremy? Kind of sounded like the intro to uh, the Cannonball by the Breeders. You know what I was thinking about while that alarm was playing? What? I was thinking about that dancing baby from Allie McBeal, speaking of Harrison Ford. (laughs) He's married to Callista Flockhart. Did you forget that, Art? (laughs) I did. I get. I I try to remind myself every day. Auga, chaka, auga. Yeah, I was... can't stop this feeling. 
deep inside of me. Jeremy G comes down the street and shows me his candle from Razor Lost Dog melting, and he says, Oh, I'm a loyal bunk fucker. <laughs> and I go, I don't think that's how it's pronounced, but I can see where the mixer up is. <laughs> I don't think that's the tune to that song at all. I'm sweating so much. <laughs> oh, good lord! I've had too much caffeine. Uh, I hope I hope all you bug funkers can just remember that the think about the dancing baby, that CGI baby. <laughs> think about it, dancing in front of us. Think about us as two dancing Alec McBeal CGI babies. But thank you to Jeremy. We really appreciate it. And um, they had a unisex. They had a unisex bathroom in that show. That was part of the plot. <laughs> There's very few shows where the. <laughs> Where where the the bathroom played such a critical role in the show. I've never seen a fucking episode of Allie McBeal. <laughs> I only know about that reference because one, it's really famous and became a gif on the internet yeah. that people would share on MySpace. And two, I watched a lot of VH1. I love the nineties. So, so you know, like, I don't know what you're talking about with unisex bathrooms. Lots of shows. <laughs> Lots of shows have. Oh, good lord! Lots of shows have uh, season three. Lots of shows have like episodes where bathrooms are featured, but very few have have like a recurring bathroom like plot agenda. Now you got now, Andy. You've been running a sort of Mister Skin style website, but it's specifically designated towards bathrooms in movie and media. Right, right. I don't care about any of the people. No, no, it's not all the about the bits. It's about finding the best looking bathrooms in in media. I mean, you did a great piece on the bathroom in Jerry's apartment in Seinfeld. Right? Oh my god, you talk about an immaculate bathroom. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. And 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 here's the thing: he's in <laughs> he's in Manhattan. I mean, this is a small bathroom, but he takes such good care of it. He yeah. does such a good you, job. You actually submitted to BuzzFeed top ten uh, fictional places to take a shit. Yeah. And uh, most of them were my own creation, not <laughs> not pulled from the media, because I like to sit around and daydream about fantastic bathrooms that I could use. Yeah. Um, you know, there's well, like one of your Lord of the Rings bathrooms actually made uh, top of the list. It's yeah, fantastical. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so it's 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 Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> it's you know it's very fantasy themed. It it's like the Mines of Moria. Like uh, when you walk in, like that's the door. Uh, you have to. You can only use it at night because it's. <laughs> The runic code on the door is illuminated by the moonlight. Uh, then you speak the uh, enchanting words, and the bathroom opens, uh, and it's all gilded. It's beautiful. Wow. Gemstones crusted everywhere. Uh, the toilet is like literally a king's throne. Um, wow. You put a crown on uh, when you get in there, and uh, it plays soft music uh, into your ears. Now, I suggested that you make the water look like the Eye of Sauron, and you said no way. Yeah, yeah, that was That's too scary disrespectful. For me. Oh, di- oh, that was too scary. Yeah, but uh, the, to- the you know the toilet, <laughs> the toilet itself, the bowl looks like a dragon's mouth, and it's a bidet. <laughs> And so it's like the dragon is like breathing fire. It's one of those nargles, right? Or whatever those fuck the ring wraiths that they uh, fly wraith? on. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. The Nazgul. Nazguls. Yeah. As Nazgul. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. Um and I'm a pretty Nazgul guy. Yeah. <laughs> Back in high school, I was real Nazgul. Voted <laughs> most voted most likely <laughs> to be enthralled to Sauron <laughs> and seeking the one ring. <laughs> I was a you real were Nazgul. fucking obsessed with I was a rings. real Nazgul guy, you know what I mean? 
Well, you know, Andy, speaking of taking shits, <laughs> today's topic only had one working bathroom, even though it was a sprawling, like, almost over a hundred acre plot land. We're going to talk about it. So many, an incalculable number of rooms in this house. (laughs) Literally. Literally. People do not know how many rooms are in this house. You wouldn't think, I mean, we'll talk about (laughs) it more, but of all the things that could be debatable about a house, the number of rooms is probably one of those things that shouldn't have a lengthy debate. And yet, (laughs) yet does. Here we are. Uh, Well, let's get into it. Let's take a little tour of the Winchester mystery house here on Mr. Bunker's conspiracy time podcast. Winchester Cathedral, you're bringing me down. Zinks, Scandy Pool. We sure got ourselves into a real mess at this mystery mansion in California. Right. <laughs> a real mystery. Like, I sure am scared, Scan. I don't want to run into any ghosts or spirits or anything too sp- b- 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 spooky. Like, maybe we ought to head to the library and look for some tasty books to eat. Right. The library. Randy Rex. <laughs> Zinks. Did you hear that, Scan? It sounded like a g g g g g g ghost And scene. Well, that was a little excerpt from Andy and I's failed pilot show, Scandy Poo, What's Your Location? <laughs> it was uh, mostly a cheap... All right. It was, it was a blatant ripoff mm-hmm, sure. of Scooby-Doo. And, like, not even a speed buggy level ripoff. Just mostly changing all the names and catchphrases <laughs> to worse, more confusing versions. Yeah, that was it was hard to figure out what was going on in any of those episodes. Yeah, we tried. We yeah. tried. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great segue into today's topic, Andy, because uh the pilot episode of that failed show, you might have no you might have caught it, takes place in none other than the Winchester Mystery House. You, that was probably very clear from the context. I don't know, maybe not. That's where Scandy Poo and Yeah, there's a few there's be a test at the end. There's a few things to pick up. One, what do Scandy Poo and uh while well, the unnamed um Shoggy. <laughs> Shoggy. What do they like to eat? <laughs> they fucking eat books. Yeah. They don't eat Scooby snacks. No, they go to the library. Or sandwiches. Or they go else. to the library and eat books. Anyway, the Winchester Mystery House is supposedly a haunted mansion that was once owned by Sarah Winchester, who was the widow and heir to the Winchester Firearms Company Fortune. Now, Sarah for many reasons, which we will get into, believe you me, left the family's home in New Haven, Connecticut, traveled to traveled all the way west, across the country, to San Jose, California, and for the next 38 years, until her death, committed her enormous wealth towards bizarre construction projects on the mansion, which some believe is haunted to this day with her spirit and maybe more. Well, I wasn't much of a Scooby-Doo although I do enjoy a nice dog treat every once in a while, when I deserve it and don't piddle on the carpet. But let me take on an animal character I was born to play. The History Hog. (laughs) (laughs) Time to give you all a hoggy snack-sized version of the Winchester Company's history. The Winchester Repeating Arms Company was a very prominent American firearms manufacturer located in New Haven, Connecticut. If you're not familiar with Guns of the American West, or if you never played any of the Red Dead games, the Winchester Company specialized in repeating firearms, which were monumental during the 1800s. 
1860, the company developed the Henry rifle, which had a tubular magazine located under the barrel. The gun was easy to reload and could fire rapidly and was said to average one shot every three seconds. It became the first true repeating rifle. I mean, you have to remember, back then, firearms consisted of single-shot muskets and the occasional revolver pistol. Then along comes this repeating rifle, which could blast shot after shot as fast as the operator could push the reloading lever. It became a favorite among the northern troops at the outbreak of the Civil War and was pivotal to the North's success in the war. Needless to say, money poured in faster than the cease and desist letters Art and I got from Hanna-Barbera. Oliver Winchester, the company's owner, became a very, very, very rich man, amassing a large fortune from government contracts and private sales. At the American Civil War's height, the Winchesters were prospering. And on September 30th, 1862, William Wirt Winchester, the son of Oliver Winchester, married Sarah Pardee in an elaborate ceremony in New Haven. Now, Sarah Pardee, now Sarah Winchester, is the main focus of the Winchester mystery story. Uh, you see, things weren't all sunshine and money made from the sales slash manufacture of firearms. Four years later, on July 15th, 1866, Sarah gave birth to a daughter named Annie Pardee Winchester. But just a short time later, her daughter contracted an illness known as uh, Marasmus a disease typically caused by malnutrition in which the body completely wastes away. The infant died on July 24th. Now, Sarah was obviously overcome with grief to the point of actually withdrawing herself inside and supposedly teetering on the, quote, edge of madness. Now, eventually, after almost a decade, Sarah seemed to return to her normal self, but a second tragedy was right around the corner. On March 7th, 1881, Sarah's husband, William Winchester, heir to the Winchester fortune, died from pulmonary tuberculosis, leaving Sarah all alone, but completely filthy rich. Sarah inherited a massive portion of the Winchester fortune, including more than 20 and a half million U.S. dollars, uh, which is equivalent to $543 million in 2019, uh, nearly 50% ownership of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, and an income of roughly $1,000 per day, equivalent to $26,000 a day in 2019. As Art and I would say, that's a lot of quiche. That's a lot of quiche. That's a lot of quiche. <laughs> and while all the quiche in the world would make me happy, but my, make my tummy upset, all the quiche in the world could do nothing to ease Sarah's pain and suffering. Her grief over the loss of her husband and only child was immense. So a few of Sarah's friends told her to speak with a medium uh, or spiritualist about her grief, and, and maybe it would help her find closure. So she went to see a well-known medium in Boston. The medium began to channel her late husband, who then instructed Sarah, quote, He says for me to tell you that there is a curse on your family, which took the life of he and your child. It will soon take you too. It is a curse that has resulted from the terrible weapon created by the Winchester family. Thousands of persons have died because of it, and their spirits are now seeking vengeance, end quote. Now, afterwards, this spirit told her to leave her home in New Haven and travel west, where she would build a home to house all the angry spirits that have been killed by a Winchester rifle forever. So Sarah set out. She sold her home in New Haven, Connecticut, and with her vast fortune, she set off west for California. She believed that she was guided by the hand of her dead husband, and she did not stop traveling until she reached the Santa Clara Valley near San Jose in 1884. She found a six-room home, which was under construction and belonged to one Dr. Caldwell. 
Sarah eventually convinced Dr. Caldwell to sell her the house and the massive 162 acres it resided on. And she immediately scrapped any bullshit plans that Dr. Caldwell had and started building what she wanted to and build she did. Sarah Winchester was rich AF, uh, that means as fuck, and basically had her pick of craftsmen and workers. She had 16 shifts of workers, uh, paid three times the normal wage, working 24 hours a day nonstop from 1886 to the time of her death in 1922. She quite literally continuously had work done on the house. Like 24 hours a day, year round. And you thought it was annoying when your neighbor starts mowing the lawn at 8.30, huh? 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 <laughs> Get over yourself. It was said that the sounds of hammers and saws sounded throughout the day and night. The house grew and grew until soon it became a seven-story mansion. Now, you bunk funkers might be thinking, Yeah, so's what? She was a rich effing lady. She built a big-ass house. Fucking yes, Queen Slay! But... Sarah didn't use an architect, nor did she use a building plan at all. She quite literally just added onto the building in the most haphazard fashion possible. Now, we will give you the whole enchilada on all the facets of this house in a moment, but overall, the house was built in such a way that there are doors and stairs that literally go nowhere. They just kind of exist, similar to Art and I. We just sort of exist, but serve no real purpose. Uh, there were countless staircases which led nowhere, a blind chimney that stops short of the ceiling, closets that opened to blank walls, trap doors, double back hallways, skylights that were located one above another, doors that opened to steep drops to the lawn below, rooms uh, conjoined by windows, bathrooms with glass doors. I mean, overall, this is a house so weird that even MC Escher would be like, uh, whoa, this is a little much, don't you think? That's what M.C. Escher sounded like, right? Yeah, yeah. Famous Dutch Brooklyn uh, painter M.C. Escher. Well, you know, he still called it New Amsterdam. <laughs> That's true. Now, the house eventually grew so large that entire railroad cars were switched off their tracks onto nearby lanes just so they could bring more materials to this massive construction project, including, you know, materials and, you know, various lavish imported furnishings. I mean, Sarah would wake up every morning and meet with the construction foreman and go over her hand-drawn sketches for building plans that day. Now, these sketches were described as, quote, chaotic, but also, apparently, you know, and we'll, we'll touch on this, Sarah actually had a pretty decent eye for, for construction and building. You know, sometimes the plans were too weird to even work, and in some instances, they would just, you know, encase a failed room design with another room. <laughs> and, you know, this is really the philosophy that Andy and I kind of live by. If you have a problem... Just cover it up with a bigger problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't get bogged down in all your problems because there's you can just find a bigger problem to be worried about. And the thing is, one thing I do want to mention is that, uh, you know, Sarah would hold seances almost every day mm -hmm. where she would communicate with the spirits and ask them what they wanted to build in the house. And then she sort of would co-op that into these haphazard designs where she would meet every single day. It was really a wild plan, but um, let's get into some stats love stats on this wacky house which will list as haphazardly as sarah winchester <laughs> built the damn place so the house is uh predominantly made of redwood as you know sarah kind of preferred that wood but <laughs> she didn't like the look of it i guess she liked it for construction didn't like the look so she demanded that a faux grain and stain be applied 
This is why almost all the wood in the home is covered. Approximately 20,500 U.S. gallons of paint were required to paint this house. That's a lot of paint. That's 78,000 liters for you metric heads out there. Yeah, it is. Now, inside the house, there are three elevators and 47 fireplaces. Uh, There are approximately, and again, this is up for debate, Mm -hmm. 161 rooms, including 40 bedrooms, two full ballrooms. One is completed and one is unfinished. And over 10,000 panes of glass. There are 17 chimneys with evidence of two others, which means 19 chimneys. I love I love that too. Evidence of two others. <laughs> it's like it's not even that the rooms can't be counted. It's that there's <laughs> there might be a chimney here. We're not sure. Well, we'll get into maybe why that is, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There right. are also two basement levels. And this is a wild house. Yeah. When Sarah Winchester purchased the property, it was on about, you know, like we said, 162 acres of land. But the estate has since been reduced to only 4.5 acres left. The minimum necessary to contain the house and nearby outbuildings. Here are some other home facts for all you Bob Vila freaks out there. You know, you folks that wear your tool belts and nothing else (laughs) while you're watching this old house. (laughs) While you're sitting there stroking your measuring tapes. (laughs) Uh, the house has uh, gold and silver chandeliers, hand inlaid uh, parquet floors and trim, uh, and a vast array of colors and materials. Uh, due to Mrs. Winchester's uh, debilitating arthritis, special easy riser stairways were installed as a replacement for her original steep construction. This allowed her to move about her home freely as she was only able to raise each foot a few inches. Uh, there was only one working toilet in the entire house, and it was only for Sarah Winchester. It has been said that, quote, all other restrooms were decoys to confuse spirits, end quote. And that this is also, quote, the reason why she slept in a different room each night, end quote. Um, yeah. That, uh, that's going to be a problem for me, Art. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to be taking a lot of dookies and fake toilets. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, uh, it'd be like me every time I go to Lowe's. <laughs> You know, don't put a fake you've bathroom. Been kicked, you've been kicked out of so many loads. Don't put a fake bathroom out on the sales floor if you don't expect people to take a shit in it. Every once in a while, you know. I get it. And I did. I bailed you out of multiple jail cells after you've been you know, arrested for shitting in Lowe's, Home Depot, where have you. Yeah. Basically, I if I go into a home improvement store and there's a toilet, I have to shit immediately. You gotta test it out. I mean, am I gonna buy a toilet shit unseen? No. Ridiculous. Anyway, the home's conveniences were rare at the time of its construction. These included steam and forced air heating, modern indoor toilets and plumbing, push-button gas lights, and Sarah's personal and only hot shower from indoor plumbing. Now, like we mentioned, there were three elevators in the house, including an Otis Electric and one of which was powered by a rare horizontal hydraulic elevator piston. Now, most elevator pistons are vertical to save space, but Sarah preferred the improved functionality of the horizontal configuration. Like we said, I mean, she really had a good eye for, she was actually pretty decent at building. People were like, I mean, it's a crazy house. Don't get me wrong. There's, yeah. When we'll get into it, there's stairs that lead all over the place. There's a lot of weird occult stuff, but she had some really innovative ideas, indoor plumbing, all these nice furnishes. I mean, yeah, pretty cool. Now, many of the stained glass windows were created by the Pacific American Decorative Company. And she even had some of these designs custom made just for her, including the, quote, spiderweb window, which 
literally looks like a spider web shot from the sticky wad of Spider-Man himself. I don't think she intended that because Spider-Man didn't exist yet, but... No, she was an innovator. She created Spider-Man. She did. Um, now, this window is also famous for its repetitions of the number 13. The number 13, I mean, also appears in uh, so many other places around the house. Uh, Sarah was a bit obsessed with the number 13 and its kind of occult leanings, and we'll touch on it. Now, nearly all the windows contain 13 panes of glass. The walls had 13 panels. The greenhouse had 13 uh, coppolas. Uh, many of the wooden floors contained 13 sections. Some of the rooms had 13 windows, and every staircase but one had 13 steps. The house's 13th bathroom, it has 13 windows. I mean, geez louise, this lady was obsessed with 13, and hey, shameless self-plug on our own show. <laughs> I don't know if we have to be shameless about it, but we actually discussed the history of the number 13 and why people consider it so unlucky or why people consider it part of this sort of occult leaning, why it has this power over people. Uh, we discussed it uh, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod. And uh, it's a great episode if you want to learn more about is the number 13 really unlucky? Yeah, check it out. Now, here's another neat fact about the house. There's apparently a room in the house where all the continents of the room combined was about $25,000 then, which would have been about $382,000 today. I mean, that's wild. Apparently in this room existed another window designed by Charles Lewis Tiffany himself, the co-founder of the Tiffany & Co., you know, the luxury, the famous luxury jewelry store. Oh, I know it. You know it because you bought me a pearl necklace from there. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make my own, but you wouldn't let me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're a dirty little boy. Now, the window was designed so that when sunlight hit it, it casted a beautiful rainbow across the room. Sarah had it installed on an interior wall in the room with no light exposure so that the effect was never seen. As we said, great I, great mind for building. <laughs> uh, that'll show you, Tiffany's. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Tiffany's windows, there are two other windows designed with Tiffany's glass in one of the ballrooms of the mansion. Both display lines from Shakespearean plays. The first from the window on the left reads, These same thoughts people this little world. This is from the prison soliloquy in Shakespeare's Richard II. At this point in the play, the character King Richard was deposed as king and trying to create a world within his cell using only his imagination. Which is very apropos to Sarah's situation, don't you think? I think it is. Now, the second window, which is on the right in this, uh, and both of these are in the ballroom, um, is a little bit less clear. It's, it reads, wide unclasp the tables of their thoughts. This is a quote from Shakespeare's uh, Troilus and Cressida. Uh, was that right? Troilus and Cressida. Oh, fuck me. Troilus and Cressida, which is a weird play that isn't performed often because it's a little disturbing. So I've read. I've never actually read the play. But it's a point in the play where the character Ulysses is kind of alerting everyone else that Chris, uh, what is it? Cressida. Cressida. Isn't this like chaste and uh, clever woman that she seems to be? She's actually a big old slut. He Shakespeare literally uses the word sluttish. Yeah, this 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 Troilus and Cressida is is based off of this like, um, like mid medieval, uh, I think contribution to the the lore of the Trojan War. Right. This so is this, this is, is like a Greek a, play. This is sort of like uh like, I don't know, like the EU of the Iliad. <laughs> This is the Iliad EU. Expanded universe. Oh, okay. Not the European <laughs> Union. Expanded universe. A little confused there. The Iliad EU. 
Um, it, it's it's a very it's an odd play, but uh, you know, I've I've seen it described as disturbing. But regardless, what's the connection there to Sarah Winchester? It's a little less clear than the first quote, right? You know, perhaps they made sense together in Sarah's head in some way. Now, as we said earlier, the house had reached seven stories tall by 1906. Sarah resided there completely alone, except for the constant stream of construction workers and her servants. But really, she had no other company. If Sarah wasn't holding a seance with the spirits or sleeping, it was said you could hear her playing her grand piano into the early hours of the morning. But later, in 1906, yet another tragedy struck. The Great San Francisco Earthquake of 1906. Major portions of the mansion were destroyed in the quake, the top three floors of the house had collapsed into the gardens, which would never be rebuilt. Also, a fireplace, you know, one of 47. This one in the daisy room, where Sarah happened to be sleeping the night of the quake. Well, this fireplace collapsed, causing the entire room to shift and trapping Sarah inside. The home itself is built using a floating foundation that is believed to have saved it from total collapse in the 1906 earthquake and the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. This type of construction allows the home to shift freely as it is not completely attached to its brick base. Thus, the damage wasn't as bad as others in the area. Only a few of the rooms had been badly harmed, uh, although it had lost the highest floors and several cupolas and towers had toppled over. So the construction team started once again, expanding the house and repairing the damages. Chimneys were installed all over the place, but apparently they served no purpose. Some believe that perhaps they were added because the old stories say that ghosts like to appear and disappear through them. On a related note, it has also been documented that only two mirrors were installed in the house. Sarah believed that ghosts were afraid of their own reflection, which I get. On the subject of ghosts, Sarah, of course, believed the earthquake was a sign from the spirits that they were effing peeved at her for nearly completing the house. And so in order to ensure the house would never be finished, she decided to board up the front 30 rooms of the mansion so the construction could literally never be completed to appease these nasty spirits. Now, on September 4th, 1922, after a conference session with the spirits in the seance room, Sarah went to bed for the night. And at some point in the early morning hours, she died in her sleep at the age of 83. She left all of her possessions, except the house, <laughs> to her niece, Frances uh, Marriott, who had been handling most of Sarah's business affairs for some time. Sarah, by the way, allegedly drafted her will 13 times and divided it into 13 sections. So, on brand. More on brand for her, exactly. After nearly 40 years of 24-hour construction projects, Sarah's enormous bank account had suffered consider considerably. I mean, who would have figured? <laughs> Surprise, shock. It's <laughs> one way to really, you know. What's yeah, that? just constantly building a house for 40 years. That's one way to, like, eat up your savings. <laughs> Now, uh, rumor had it that Sarah had hidden a safe somewhere in this maze of a mansion containing a fortune in, in jewelry and solid gold dinner utensils. <laughs> now, relatives forced open a number of safes found on the property, but uh, found only old fish lines, some socks, newspaper clippings about her daughter and her husband's deaths, and a lock of baby hair, and a suit of woolen underwear. No jewels and gold. Just junk. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Art. I bet I could get a friggin' fortune from Pawn Star's own Rick Harrison, Corey Big Hoss Harrison, Chum Lee, and even the spirit of Old Man Harrison for all that historical stuff. I, I don't know, Andy. I, I don't think they'd take any of this crap. You, you might get something from the American Pickers guys. The American Pickers guys? They suck. 
No one likes them as much as the Pawn Star guys. Listen, Andy, I can give you the American Pickers guys, and that's the best I can do. You know, Corey isn't really big hoss anymore. He lost 100 pounds. Uh, let me call a buddy of mine. He specializes in which uh, reality TV shows I should sell my stuff on. Don't me, go with the American Pickers guys. I don't like them. Let me just get them down here. Anyway, popular reality history adjacent history channel shows aside, uh, it supposedly took six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks straight to remove all the furniture from the home. However, this fact is disputed by some. Regardless, there was a lot of mansion to clear out, there, <laughs> you know, and a lot of shit in it. Let's be honest. Yeah. But the fact remains, Sarah Winchester made zero mention of the mansion in her will. And appraisers considered, I mean, they considered the house worthless due to the damage caused by the earthquakes. And I mean, it's an insane and practical design. Who wants to live there? Very unique. And so the mansion was sold at auction to a local investor for over $135,000 and subsequently leased for 10 years to John and Mame Brown, who eventually purchased the house. In February 1923, five months after Winchester's death, the house was opened to the public with Mame Brown serving as the first tour guide. One of the first to see the place when it opened to the public was none other than Robert L. Ripley, who featured the house in his popular column, Believe It or Not. But you should believe it, because he was there. The house was initially advertised as being 148 rooms, but so confusing was the floor plan that every time a room count was taken, a different total came up. The rooms of the house were counted over and over and over again, and five years later, it was estimated that 160 rooms existed. Although no one is really sure if that is even correct. Now, today the house has been declared a California historical landmark and is registered with the National Park Service as, quote, a large odd dwelling with an unknown number of rooms, end quote. Which I don't know why I feel like is a fitting description for me and you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Now, today the home is owned by Winchester Investments, LLC, a privately held company representing the descendants of John and Mame Brown. In 2016, it was announced that another room with period-appropriate furniture was built in the courtyard. Now it has an attic space that contains a pump organ, Victorian couches, dress forms, sewing machines, and paintings. The room was made available for viewing by the public and even features a shooting range game. Now, Andy, I hope it's Toby Keith's Beer for My Horses, Bullets for the Rest. Because, God, that is a fucking great game. Very good game. You could kill more animals in that game than any other hunting game, Andy. I mean... Like endangered ones, you name it. I shot a panda point blank in the face with a double barrel shotgun. You know, Andy. <laughs> I mean, the point of the game, actually, you don't even get points for killing the animals. It's no. how drunk you are when you kill them. <laughs> yeah, the drunker you are, the better you score. I decapitated an emu. There's no, there's no even, there's no even thrill in hunting. You're like in, a, they're enclosed. It's like all the animals are just sitting there. Yeah, they're just in cages, <laughs> and you just get. You know, you just get drunk as fuck and drink as much beer and whiskey as you can down. And then you pretty much, you can just take a revolver and shoot a polar bear point blank in the face. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. It's, it's a real fun game. You know, I actually hold the high score for this game at the Macon, Georgia Pizza Hut on Bloomfield Road, Andy. Yeah, you spend a lot of time there. I do. And mm. if you go there, be sure to check it out. It's under AAA. You know, they only let you put three letters in the high score and I couldn't really figure out how to cycle through them to spell A-R-T. But I got like a zillion points for sure. Oh, for sure. No doubt. A zillion. I'm pretty sure that was the total. <laughs> One of the final levels, you have to actually hunt and kill Shamu. 
And by hunt, we mean you have to buy a ticket to, to SeaWorld sea and then you just and smuggle alcohol into, yeah. the, into the stadium. Yeah, that's the real objective is to smuggle alcohol. I'll tell you what, that splash zone was red. <laughs> Which Shamu's blood. I mean, they give you they give you an RPG to get Shamu. <laughs> so no problem smuggling that in. The alcohol, no. on the other hand, oh boy, no, they didn't make, they didn't ask any questions about that. But God, they find that flask on you. Watch out, <laughs> Toby Keith's "Beer for My Horses," bullets for the rest. Check it out. Now, in 2017, the Winchester Mystery House debuted their first new daytime tour in uh, 20 years. The Explore More Tour. This tour takes guests through rooms never before opened to the public and explores the rooms left unfinished at the time of Sarah Winchester's death. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. No idea if it's open right now, but when it does reopen, um, go check it out. You know, if you want, you can actually go on the website and take a virtual tour. That's right. You can pay to take a virtual tour of the Winchester house if you want to do it right now from the comfort of your own home. Listen along. All right. Bung Funkers, we've given you the whole enchilada on this old house, but let's give you the dessert that you've all been waiting for. Is this place haunted? (laughs) What's the deal with the supposed spirits solemnly sulking in solitude? I mean, this mansion boasts an impressive legend, to say the least. Its entire existence is attributed to protection from spirits uh, or appeasement of the spirits. But did Sarah's constant communicating with them lure them to the house? There have been a number of strange events reported at the Winchester house for many years, and they continue to be reported today. Dozens of psychics have visited the house over the years, and most have come away convinced, or claim to be convinced, that spirits still wander the place. Additionally, Sarah Winchester's ghost herself has been reportedly sighted at the mansion. But you also get a lot of the usual, uh, if you will, ghost encounters that come with supposedly haunted locations. Things like footsteps, banging doors, mysterious voices, windows that bang so hard they shatter, cold spots strange moving lights, doorknobs that turn by themselves. Now, these hauntings typically fall into three categories, such as residual hauntings or, you know, like a ghostly maneuver stuck on repeat, like a gif, ghostly gifs. Uh, For example, a number of employees and a few visitors actually claim to have crossed paths with the supposed Clyde, a mustached man sometimes seen pushing a wheelbarrow in the basement or trying to repair the furnace in the ballroom. Now, some visitors, you know, they even go up to the Winchester House management saying, We really like that actor who was repairing the ballroom fireplace wearing white overalls with a Victorian boater hat. To which they respond, Huh? We didn't hire an actor. (laughs) Ghostly non-sag-ass spirit acting gigs. It's non-union work. (laughs) Means they can pay you shitty wages. That's why they have to keep working after they die. (laughs) Now, then there are the, quote, intelligent hauntings, such as the gentle tugs of the shirt or skirts during tours. Um, And that's all you can wear on tours, shirts (laughs) or skirts. Strict dress code. (laughs) And then the report from longtime maintenance worker, Denny. Now, one morning after entering the water tower, he heard the patter of footsteps above. He ascended to let the trespasser know that the three-story structure was off limits. But footsteps always seemed to be one step ahead of him. And one floor above his search culminated on the roof with no one in sight and finally there are the shadow figures this is probably the most commonly reported sighting these are the uh, classic shadowy human-shaped manifestations the are my eyes playing tricks on me moments 
um, shadow figures or shadowy shapes that resemble people are purported to be seen roaming around corners, down long hallways, and appearing in windows. A tour guide for the Winchester Mystery House gave a Reddit AMA, which uh, is essentially an open Q&A forum, uh, and answered with their spookiest encounter. Here's what they said, quote, The creepiest moment I've had in the house was once when I was leading a tour. There was this one door that kept opening and closing. I knew that it wasn't the fan because it was pointing away from the door and it wasn't moving. I knew there wasn't anyone on the other side of the door because we don't often send people into that part of the house to clean. And that's always on a Wednesday. This was a Tuesday. It couldn't have just been a breeze because the door led to another part of the house that was inside and there were no open windows in the rooms on either side of the door. Still don't know what it was. Also, to add to the creepiness, the room that was on the other side of the door was the same room that Miss, Mrs. Winchester passed away in. I'll leave you with that. Ooh. End quote. And we'll leave you, Bunkfunkers, with a few random house facts that we just think are neat. Here's one. Sarah didn't call the house the Winchester Mystery House. I mean, why would you give your work such a long, obnoxious name, you know, like Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast? She called it, uh, Ilnat... Oh, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> Ilnada... Villa, right? Yanada Villa. Yanada Villa. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's probably not Italian, probably, but whatever. Yanada Villa. Now, the Winchester House was Walt Disney's inspiration for the Haunted Mansion at the Disney Parks. One of my favorite rides. Um, Andy, I don't know if that's your favorite ride at Disney World, but I hope it is. Um, I also like Splash Mountain. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's one of my favorite. Oh, all right, I have to think about it. Okay, it's in like the top ten for me. I'm not as I'm not as I'm not as frequent. Yeah, you're a teacups guy. Uh, (laughs) For the 2012 episode of Myth Mythbusters (laughs) called "Smell of Fear," which I think also is uh, one of your favorite colognes, Andy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wear it every day. The build team, which is kind of the uh, the B team. I don't know. I wouldn't want to call them the B team. They were actually a really great addition to the Mythbusters lore. This is uh, um, uh, Grant, Carrie, and. so the build team, uh, we we might have cut there and come back because we had to fucking Google it for like eight years. The build team is Grant, R.I.P. Grant uh, unfortunately passed away pretty recently. Mm, uh, Carrie and Tori. That's the build team. They were kind of this like additional team that they brought on with Jamie and Adam. And they did a lot of other cool, crazy. They had like a ton of different uh, expertise areas. I don't know why I'm talking to you all about this. No, I don't know anyway. Either. The house, uh, the, the build team actually visited the Winchester Mystery House to look around and later watch, quote, one of the scariest movies of all time, end quote. I guess the title of which wasn't revealed. And um, they set up, you know, a television in the grand ballroom and then they gathered their sweat samples for testing. So imagine <laughs> the smell. Yeah, probably smelled great. Um, Nuka World, an expansion pack for the video game Fallout 4, features a tourist attraction named Grand Chester Mystery Mansion where a narrator tells the story of an allegedly possessed young girl called Lucy who murdered her parents. The house shares similarities with the Winchester Mystery Mansion, such as its name, stairs, and doors that go nowhere, and the belief that the residence is haunted. And if you want a much better Fallout experience, you know, you could just go play Fallout New Vegas instead. Wow, thanks for your input, Art. Very necessary. (laughs) Anywho, a ton of interesting people have visited the house over the years. Houdini! The legendary magician came to the house in 1924 during his nationwide tour to debunk spiritualism. 
Paranormal investigator Zach Baggins of Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures, he's been there. Noted psychic Sylvia Brown, TK, and famed medium James Van Prague, who channeled Sarah at a seance dinner, uh, he claimed that she expressed happiness that the house had so many visitors. Aww. Aww. Well, Bunk Funkers, what do you make of the Winchester Mystery House? Have you ever visited there? Did you have a ghostly sighting? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can always email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. And fear not, Bunk Funkers, for if you find yourself lost in the labyrinth of the house of boredom and hunger, just know that you may find a staircase leading to nowhere or a door that opens for no one, maybe even a window that never sees the sunlight. But eventually, if you look hard enough, you'll come across a beautiful ballroom. Within it, an edible window pane designed by none other than Art and I to bring you the whole enchilada on the Winchester Mystery House. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Sure is chilly outside, Art. Andy, where's your jacket? Art, did you hear me? The wind chill is 30 below. Andy, I think you have hypothermia. You know, Art, with the horrific chilly weather outside, the only thing that'll warm me up is listening to Andy and Art debunked. Available only on patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. Are you seriously shilling our Patreon right now? Oh, Art. Laughing at the antics of Andy and Art is all the warmth I need. And for just $5 a month, I get access to all the episodes of the show, behind-the-scenes updates, sneak peeks at episodes, and I can chat with Andy and Art on the Bunker Discord. Andy, we need to get you to a hospital. We need to get me to patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod. So chilly. Oh, God. I'm shilled to the bone. Welcome back, Bunkfunkers. That was our research of the Winchester Mystery House. The house of fun for everyone. Eee. Winchester Mystery House is a fun time. You're going to get lost and die. <laughs> you know, if there were any houses that I felt like I really could get lost in and pass away, it's the Winchester Mystery House. Now, did you did you take any looks inside, Andy? Yeah, I looked at, uh, you know, I, lo- I looked for some pictures Um <laughs> On the internet. Yeah. Uh, and what and, did you actually look up? Uh, well, I mean. I Sonic looked, the Hedgehog? I looked for, <laughs> yeah. I looked for, I spent, I spent like two minutes looking Winchester Mystery House and then uh, 200 minutes looking at Sonic the Hedgehog hentai. <laughs> um, you know, it's like where he's deep-throating chili dogs and. <laughs> All food-based. You know, spanking Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> um. So, a lot of the pictures, you know, I found it funny. A lot of the pictures of Sonic's penis were, <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, of the, of the Winchester Mystery House. There were a lot of pictures of just, like, mundane things, like, here's mm. what this room looks like. And it's like, well, I want to see some of the weird shit. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, here's this sitting area. And it's like, okay. I mean, they're not going to show. Uh, that's their bread. That's how they make the money. I mean, I know. I get it. So yeah. it's like, I'm sure that, you know, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's not that many pictures. And I'm like, oh, they probably like really put a, like, they probably have sent so many cease and desist letters. Yeah. Because like, if you can just look at the whole thing online, like then there's no reason to go to the house. Right. Unless you're really into like seeing it in person. It's a neat house. I think it's I think it's very cool. I think it has it was very modern for the time. It is a marvel, really. And it's yeah. neat looking. I would go and visit for sure. Yeah, it's like twenty to thirty bucks, I think, to get in. Yeah. A little steep. Yeah. But uh I'm sure I'm sure they do a great job. It's a big house too. I mean, you can see like if you look at the aerial photos or like some of the exterior photos, like this house takes a lot of space. It's huge. I mean, it's not like I mean, it's not like it's 160 rooms that are like straight up. It's like sprawling. Yeah. This is a big, big house. Long hallways, stairs that go nowhere, all sorts of fun stuff. I mean, it's instruments a- all over the house, musical instruments. Oh, really? Pianos. Yeah, she had a piano. Um, You know, it's all it's all like very Victorian furnished. It's a weird color, too. It's like a yellow house with purple trim. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, kind of purple? purpley. I thought it was like like green and yellow, like a dark, dark green. Oh God, we're having a the dress situation oh boy, here, aren't we? Are we? Are we here? That's, that's... It's, it's black and yellow. No, it's blue and white. <laughs> I blue and white. <laughs> um, I think it's a neat house. I mean, I think it's neat. Uh, it's interesting. It's old. Probably very creaky. That being said, you know, are you a big walking tour guy? <laughs> What is it about walking tours where it's like immediately when you start them, you're like, fuck, my legs are tired. <laughs> is that just me? <laughs> yeah, see, I see this as like a a uh, a green and yellow house, although the roof shingles. Roof shingles. Are like. Those are purple. They're kind of like a like a brickish type of color. They Moth. look almost like like the like a terracotta, but mm. I don't think that they are. Well, I guess this is as good as a time I'd ever to say that uh, I never learned my colors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that this is finally coming out. Um, Let's talk about walking tours, though. Are you a walking tour guy? Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, I don't mind walking tours. Um, yeah. You know, I think it depends on the tour, right? Like some tours are are good, and some tours are not so good. Um, but I don't mind them. Now we've taken a number of uh, ghost tours together, actually. That's true. We have. Were you convinced uh, by any of those? No, I've never been convinced by any like haunting situations or anything like that. Right. I've never had an experience. I mean, funk funkers, you know this about me. I've never had like a paranormal kind of experience. So I I don't know. I like, you know, I go to these places and I'm I'm open to it. Like I don't want to go, I don't want to say that I go to a place like uh like Buffalo Trace Distillery and I say, Oh, I'm gonna go into this haunted like uh part of the distillery where they keep the bourbon and I'm not going to see anything. I know I'm not going to see anything. I'm like open to it. Like, yeah, you know, maybe something will happen. And then it's like, you're waiting and you're waiting and, and then nothing happens. Um, you know, when we did those, we took a couple of ghost tours for, um, of, of different distilleries, but they were all during the day. Yeah. Kind of ruined the whole mystique of it. Yeah. Wasn't very spooky during the day. I mean, I, I there are some spooky spots because it's dark in those holding rooms where they hold the barrels. I don't know what the fuck they're called. Yeah, it's very dark in there. Um, I mean, it's they- dark, dusty, spider webs everywhere. It's 
fucking dirty. <laughs> it's like old and wooden and creaky. It adds to the mystique a lot. But I will say that like those, and I've never obviously been at the Winchester Mystery House, but um, I don't know. I really can't imagine it being that bad. Especially, I mean, here's the thing. You're in a big group, so obviously you feel that kind of group safety. Yeah. Um, now, if you were there alone different story at night <laughs> different story well i think okay you okay, know scott <laughs> all right thanks lauren uh i think dr evil i think a lot of the you know sightings at places like this i mean i don't have any kind of a statistic on this but like to me it seems like usually these these things come from people who work there like people who spend a lot of time yeah in the building like more than just people who are passing through for a few minutes so it's like mostly these are like people who are there all the time and like there when it's like relatively empty uh, and and all that kind of stuff outside of the normal like tour hours. Right. So I don't know. I, I don't know if you go on a tour of a place like this, if you'll ever really have an experience. Um, in Ohio, they used to have this thing. I don't know if they still do it anymore where it's like you could go spend the night at the old state penitentiary in mm. Mansfield. Um, mm-hmm. which do they do that here in Joliet? They have one here. Illinois? It's um starts with an S. Sugma, Sugma Dick. <laughs> uh, no, I forget what it's called. But uh, continue with your Ohio story. I'll Google it. No, it's uh, yeah. All I'm all I was gonna say is that I you went to prison. No, I didn't. I never did this. But you know, there's the there's the old like state penitentiary. So it's like the, this the Ohio State like prison. Uh, this was uh, the same. This is like a prison that's been in all kinds of movies. Um, like, I think it was the prison in the green mile. Oh, um, but it, it's like, you could go in it and, you know, spend the night and it's like supposed supposedly like they, you know, they performed executions there and stuff. So it's like supposedly very haunted. And like, I think that's the thing that they do is they let you come and you can like sleep in bags on the, floor of the old penitentiary or like sleep in the cells or whatever. Um, and it's, you know, it's like, it's not like a functioning prison anymore. It was like abandoned kind of and run down. Uh, but I never did that, but I think some people do stuff like that. This is different than, you know, just being on a walking tour, in my opinion, that you might have a better shot at having some kind of an experience. Um, the name of the prison in Illinois is Statesville. They do a very similar thing, but they also oh, do yeah. a, um, like a haunted house every year in Halloween. And in college, a bunch of friends and I, we went to it and it was great. It was one of the scariest haunted houses I've ever been to because this is one of these haunted houses where they touch you and <laughs> no, they don't touch you, but they fucking get real close. They get real close. Yeah. The, you know, they could give you a little smooch on the cheek. That's how scary it is and it's a very scary haunted house i think you would be scared andy you're mr uh you're mr tough guy but i think you would be scared oh you know i think when it comes to uh when it comes to um when it comes to like haunted houses and stuff like i could definitely be scared by that because um it's it's like that thing of you know you get scared if you like walk around a corner and somebody jumps out from somewhere it's like that thing that surprise scare you know what i mean right so it's like, I don't, I don't know though. I, you know, I don't go to a lot of, uh, I don't go to a lot of, uh, haunted houses and stuff. Cause I don't like to be scared. Yeah. Like I have enough 
existential dread and like <laughs> fear of the world around me that, you know, I don't feel like I need uh, to do that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Shawshank Redemption, not the Green Mile. The Ohio State Reformatory. Sorry, everybody. I got that one wrong. I can't look at I was I've been trying to look it up bunk bunkers. I can't remember the name of this YouTube channel that I used to watch. Um he is a he's like a traveler. I don't I forget their fucking names. They're like they're vagrants. I think it's like something vagrant. They're vagrants. Um I'm gonna keep trying to look it up. And we might I might cut back awkwardly because I really want to give you the name of this YouTube channel bunk bunkers well because I do think it's very neat well while you while you research that I I will say a few words about uh, I got it already oh do you want to say your words or should I say because I already started my idea it's called vagrant holiday vagrant holiday if you haven't heard of this guy he's a little he's a little tongue-in-cheek he's a little bit of a nihilist like he's kind of like this weird like he's an odd kind of like Mm -hmm. He's like a he's like a sarcastic kind of angry little guy. He's a nihilist. I'm more of a Fraserist. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You both fucking toss salad and scrambled eggs. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's what you smell like. Hey, that was how I proposed to my wife. I said, "Let me toss your salad and scramble your eggs for the rest of your life." <laughs> uh, anyway, so just prepare. But he he did this one uh, video where he he basically lives like he lives like a vagrant. Like he'll get a plane ticket somewhere super cheap and then just sort of sleep out in the woods and just explore the city. Like he doesn't, he and tries to find stuff for free or very cheap. So he did one where he went to a forbidden Island. This was a, uh, this was a, uh, a former, well, how did he get there? Well, it, it was a former penitentiary penitentiary oh. on a small Island off of the coast of Washington state. Oh, okay. So this is like an Alcatraz type of situation. It was. And it was like shut down in the, mid 2000s uh-huh. like they got they had their last prisoners or they shipped all the prisoners somewhere else they didn't want to use it anymore but it's still like i think it still might be inhabited by something there might be like a pedophile rehabilitation center there okay so the anyway there's an abandoned prison and a bunch of abandoned houses that like used to be the guards or the the families of the guards would live there yeah um and he went there and he explored this fucking haunted like this not haunted, but it's like an abandoned prison. And like, it's kind of fucking scary. I mean, this motherfucker goes, this is like one of these guys who you can watch these like Russians who climb abandoned buildings and they go up to like the eighth story. And then they like, look, you know, you ever see those? And they like, look yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. they're like these crazy climbers. Yeah. This guy's like that. He goes to all these creepy places that he should not be where he could potentially like, the like it's an abandoned prison. The floor could collapse and cra- like kill him. And it's like, he just explores it. It's very creepy. Check it out. What, That's what, what I want to say. What was so creepy about it? Just the it's setting? Just, it's, Did so anything it's just, happen? It's just him with like a flashlight and a Go, GoPro. Yeah. And he's just sort of, I mean, he's just alone in this prison. There's like these long hallways. It's just very eerie. Oh, okay, okay. It's abandoned. It. Yeah. And it's dark in there and there's like water dripping and like just sort of there by himself in an abandoned prison. Like you're like... That, that part of you that's sort of, you're like, you know, horror movies is kind of taken over. And yeah. you're like, some, when's something going to pop out at him? Like, yeah. what's going to happen? Like, what if, oh God, what if there's somebody, some fucking like crazy, you know, murdering prisoner who's just hiding there? <laughs> you know, he come out and get you. They forgot the one prisoner. But, He's been uh, living there since no, they abandoned it's very, it. Uh, it's, it's scary. Uh, are you sure that you were watching a YouTube video? Were you just watching The Rock? 
Was this guy? Sh- is I they- frequently watch Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I have a feed connected right into his home. I watch him. His large ass. What? <laughs> his juicy booty. Oh, it's massive. Uh, what do you think about these new, like, extreme kind of haunted house experience things where it's like they they like find you or yeah. it's like tailored to your own fears? Little much. Yeah. Little much. That Too guy, much I think, got in trouble. Yeah. Because didn't somebody die? I don't know. There's I mean, a guy, he was in Tennessee, yeah, and he was known, I forget his fucking name, but yeah, you can I'll look him up. He it. was known for doing that sort of thing, like these customized haunted experiences where you signed a fucking waiver that basically said, like, I'm going to let this guy do whatever he wants to me. Yeah. And there's like a safe word, but like he pushes the limits right. of your mental, like he'll basically like, Find you, kidnap you, and waterboard you. Right. And then literally bury you. Yeah. Fucking like make you all wet and wear a diaper. Yeah. (laughs) That was mine. See, we both went to it. We're we're alluding to it. Andy and I both went to it. Our big fear was that, you know, he was going to make us wear diapers. We dressed up like big babies, big bottle bonnet. This was Arts. Arts was was dressing as a diaper. I asked to be dressed in a diaper so they wouldn't let me. Uh, And then they put this like, sausage buffet like just out of arm's reach of me and i was like chained to a wall and it's like there's a charcuterie board people were walking by and like taking you know like taking plates making them and i saw the stock slowly dwindling yeah taking nobody ever came as well and restocked it and oh my god i was freaking out i kept shouting the safe word but they wouldn't let go they wouldn't stop no this guy like teeters on like and then he like will whisper in your ear like it was all a joke like you're like, this is not a fucking haunted house. Like, I'm actually going to kill you. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like, he, like, you know, he, like, fucking pushed it to the limits. I think he got in trouble, had to move to Florida where everything's allowed. <laughs> and, well, everything's uh, legal in Florida. I don't, that's too much. To people, like, really, they look at it like, I mean, you had to sign up for this years in advance. That's how popular this was. And yeah. pay absorbent amount of money to do it. Yeah. People are cheap. thrill seekers. I mean, they, like... Nobody could barely last like 10 minutes with this guy because like it's so mentally exhausting and draining. That's too much for me. Yeah. The Statesville haunted prison, good level. They can't touch you. Still very scary. I remember the ring room. I remember they oh, like. Oh, yeah. I, you've told me this. I told you the story. They had a yeah. room where it was a dark, dimly lit room with only lit with candles. And there was like six rows of two. Uh, so two columns and six rows, and they were all little girls dressed like the ring girl. And obviously all of them except for one were fake. There was one actual actor dressed like the ring girl. The rest were prosthetics. But the fucking lighting was so good, and you're so scared already. And it's like they bring you into that room, and they make you line up two by two because, you know, they have to stagger people. They can't let everybody go through the rooms. Um. Or, or they lined you up right outside of it, and then they sent you in one by one, mm. and that was so you had to walk through the row of these ring girls, like you had to walk in between them, the two columns. Yeah, and it's like, of course, the last girl is the real one. She's you know jumps out. I fucking like sprinted. <laughs> I was fucking so scared. See, I think that's the difference between you and me. Is like in those situations, I'm like, oh, I know they can't hurt me or touch me, so I'd be like, ah, oh. 
Jesus, that was scary, and then just walk away. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's not like I was sitting there fucking pissing my pants and shitting on the floor and screaming for my mommy. Like I do. <laughs> yeah. Every other, I mean, I do that all the time when I go to the grocery store and I can't find the <laughs> ripe bananas that I want. I fucking yeah. scream, piss my pants, get kicked out of Mariano's. I've been kicked out of a lot of Mariano's, Andy, I know. <laughs> and you can see why Art's very afraid of wearing a diaper. Yeah. It would, I mean, this is his whole thing. He's pissing his pants. If he can't piss his pants, who is he? I go. I ask for the specific Cajun turkey breast that I want from Boar's Head. They don't have it. I scream. I piss my pants. <laughs> They're crying for my mommy. <laughs> I mean, he gets kicked out because every every individual point on his journey in the store, he's, he, he cries. He pisses his pants. Yeah. Screams for his mommy. I'll cry and piss my pants in the meat aisle. Then I make my way to cheese and yogurt and fruit. Piss my pants there. Then I usually head into like snacks and like, you know, things like that. Piss my pants there. Then I'll maybe double back around, go to non, you know, perishables, cans, sauces. Piss my pants there. Someone's in the way. Someone's, oh great, someone's in front of the tomato sauce. I can't, I can't get by. I gotta ask them. I start screaming, crying, piss my pants. Uh, do you respect the uh, the lane markings now on the supermarket? The direction that you can walk down the aisle? I haven't seen those. Oh. Been a while. Um, been aware, been aware. But uh, that's the level of haunted house that I like. That was a very good haunted house. The ending of that haunted house was you had to run through a room where there was a bunch of chainsaws hanging from the ceiling. I don't think they were real. <laughs> and there's an axe wielding or chainsaw wielding madman, and there's a strobe light going, and he chases you as yeah. you come out. It's fucking. It was great. But worth the money. I had to wait in line for like an hour just to get in, but it was cool because they were blasting like Slipknot and stuff. Oh, oh an and also, hour? Yeah, it was a while. And oh. You have to take like a bus down there. Um, but yeah, you got to wait in line for an hour. Ugh. But they also have characters. That's scarier to me than the haunted house. <laughs> Waiting in line. Ugh. Yeah. God. They have people dressed up like various characters, like a creepy Snoopy? clown. Oh. No Snoopies. <laughs> Maybe an undead Snoopy. And they come and they like, you know, interact with you. Elmo. And that was scary because I don't like interacting with people. Yeah. <laughs> That's really my haunted house experience is I have to have small talk for an hour. Yeah. If I was going to design a haunted house for you, like a real scary uh, adventure, I would, uh, here's what I would do is I would, um, I would throw a surprise party for you at your house. Oh my God. And it would be all strangers though. People that I know that you don't. Oh no. And I would introduce you to all of them oh. and then I would leave. Oh God. That is my fucking, you, you fucking hit the nail on the head, Andy. That is my haunted house experience that legitimately. And I've, I remember in college, a friend, like I was working one summer I stayed on campus where was all my like roommates and friends left. And you know, because this was the summer that you and I went to go see improv shows like basically every night. That was a good summer, man. Yeah. The summer of love. The summer of love. We made lots of love we, to lots of people. Yeah, we had so much sex that summer. <laughs> um, but as you know, I was also lifting weights quite frequently. Like, yeah, nonstop. Nonstop. And I was at the gym and a, and a buddy of mine who I had known from a class like came up to me. He's like, oh, hey, he invited me to a party. And as you know, Andy, I've been to maybe, um, I can count the number of parties that I've gone to on probably one hand. <laughs> this might come as a surprise, Bunkfucker. It's a bit of a homebody. Wow. Um, don't like parties. 
And for some reason I said yes, I think because I was caught off guard. And that exact situation happened. I went to the party. I was sweating profusely because it was hot and there was no air conditioning in the party. I'm sweating. Yeah. For some reason I wore a t- it was the middle of summer. I'm wearing a t-shirt and then I wore a shirt over my t-shirt and I was like fucking sweating so much. I look like a stuck pig. Swe- I'm sweating. My face is fucking red. And this fucking friend would like introduce me to his friends and they would like turn and they would say, hi, Art, nice to meet you. And then immediately they would turn back and start having their own conversation. And so I spent mostly the whole party just like standing against the wall hiding. I should have just fucking left. I don't know why I just stayed. I should have just left. Yeah. I I do. You fucking this. hit the nail on the head. That is literally a nightmare situation. for Yeah. Me. I mean, like just first of all, how mad and like horrified would you be if you came home to a surprise party? Oh, I fucking hate surprise parties. I hate surprises. Yeah. Funk Funkers don't ever surprise me. And then when it, I'm the only person that you know. Oh, and you're the worst because you're Mr. Fucking Chit Chat. Oh, yeah. I'll talk you're to you Andy, right Andy's a little politician, walks around, chit chat. People got to get away from me. People have, literally, people have to get away from him. And uh, <laughs> court ordered. Court ordered, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andy, Andy's a little chit chatter. This is who we are, Bunk Funkers. I stand in the back in my corner. I usually talk to people who I know. I'm not a chit chat. I can make small talk. I'm not yeah. a fucking, but like, I'm an in and out guy. I'm in. Chit chat with you a little bit. I'm out. Andy, you'll sit there and fucking get their whole life story. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's part of my thing is I'll, I put you through the gamut of questions. Um, that's part of my thing. Yep. Now, my haunted house for you is I'm just going to do a mock home invasion. <laughs> you're yeah. home alone. It's raining and your phone line has been cut and it's a, it's just me breaking into your house with a machete. <laughs> also, I, you're wearing a diaper. <laughs> Well, I always wear a diaper at home. And there's no food. <laughs> I'd wear a di- I, I always wear a diaper at home because you can never be too careful. Mine would be like I unbalanced your uh, budget by like a cent. There's a fucking remainder carryover or something like I did something like that. Yeah, you didn't even you. you wouldn't even have to like invade my home to like get me all wound up. Like you could just like weirdly tap on the windows or really like stand at the door. Mm. and like talk softly so that but loud enough that I could hear you you know what I mean it just seems like a minor inconvenience yeah but I'd be like what the hell is going on what is this what's happening <laughs> am I hearing something somebody gonna come in like you could you could make me crazy if you did that for a long time that's fun this is a fun game bunk funkers what is your what's your personal haunted house yeah I feel like we might have done this before but I don't know I can't remember well, season not enough of you told us so that's true Gotta never heard us, anything. Yeah, Let us, us know again. what's your personal haunted house. Email us mrbunkerpod at gmail.com with hashtag my personal haunted house or my personal Jesus. Um, <laughs> my own personal <laughs> haunted house. <laughs> yep. Glad, glad I took a sip right as uh, we both were ending that bit. <laughs> great, great hosting. <laughs> I had season three. Season three. But um, yeah, that's our personal haunted house. Um, that's that's what would scare both of us. Andy, you wanted to bring up something about the Simpsons, I think, before we get to verdicts here. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say how much um, the Winchester Mystery House reminds me of the house that Springfield built for Ned Flanders and his family in the episode <laughs> Hurricane Nettie. Um, there's just something about it where it's like, you know, they there's nails sticking out of the wall. They yeah, yeah. 
They put the toilet in the kitchen, open face toilet in the kitchen. Simpsons did it. Uh, because they didn't want to carry it up the stairs. Uh, you know, the hallway that's shrinking. Um, the load bearing poster in Rod and Todd's room. Yeah. It's a load bearing poster. <laughs> I forgot about that one. And then I also think it's funny that when they, you know, eventually this house collapses, but when they come Spoiler. outside, it's like the whole bottom of the house falls down first. The bottom falls first and then the top just falls. It's like the only thing left is the frame and then the frame falls down. I'm sure that maybe the Winchester Mystery House was an inspiration for the writers. I mean, it. yeah, it's a very well-known little yeah. house. It's very neat. But I suppose we should get into verdicts here, Andy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're verdict. We're basically verdicizing the hauntedness of this place, right? We're gonna say how plausible do we think yeah. is the haunting of it? You know, I was gonna go case closed, but you know, it's a, it's a. I like this story a lot. I like this topic. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's interesting. I like construction. <laughs> I like uh, home improvement. It's interesting. Yeah. It's and it's a cool design. I think uh, Sarah Winchester had a good eye for weirdness and design and. It was innovative, revolutionary, maybe even at the time. So I, it, in taking all that into account, I am going to give it plausible smidge. Um, I'm not, I'm not super convinced with its hauntedness because, I mean, she conducted a lot of seances there, but like the, the house's purpose was to appease the spirits. Yeah, um, it wasn't too. It wasn't like some, you know, a lot of times these haunted things happen with some great tragedy. Mm -hmm. So if you told me that maybe her home in New Haven, Connecticut, it's haunted, okay, maybe this is a different story. But a lot of seances, that's true. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. I'm not super convinced. It just, it seems like a very fun tourist attraction. It's a national landmark. I would definitely go. Yeah. And as you would too, but that's what I'm going to say. Plausible smidge. All right. Well, I mean, if I'm in San Jose, I'm going. You know, like if I if I'm in San Jose, I want to go check this place out. Um, I think it's neat. It's a crazy, crazy house, and uh, crazy it's, house. It's got an, you know, the successor to Crazy Taxi. Crazy house. Oh man, what a great '80s movie that was. <laughs> um, you know, this is a this is a wild house. It's got a wild history and story. Uh, very interesting. You know, I think on the hauntedness, you know, because the whole like purpose of it was to like build a place for the spirits of everybody killed by a Winchester weapon to reside. You need a bigger house. Yeah. I mean, like this place should be crawling with ghosts. There should be stuff happening constantly. Yeah. And it's pretty tame. It is. Uh, and so, you know, I don't I don't buy ghosts anyway. So I'm going case closed on this one. But Ooh. you know what? That doesn't diminish it for me. Like, again, I think it's a really interesting story. And I would visit the place. I mean, I would visit it. I would like to go see it sometime. Um, well, Bunkfunkers, that's our verdict. Um, let us know what you think about the Winchester Mystery House. Use the hashtag Water Chestnut. Mystery Blouse. I don't know. You got a better one? <laughs> I don't got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what was yours water chestnut mystery blouse mystery blouse uh scandy poo our <laughs> failed scooby-doo ripoff yeah let's just make it hashtag scandy poo <laughs> hashtag scandy poo what's your location 
We tried to do a follow-up, Scandy Poo, what's your 411 in the 90s, but that didn't really uh, <laughs> didn't, they didn't take off either. Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't, really, didn't really catch on. Uh, Bunkfuckers, let us know what you think. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. Subscribe and like our YouTube videos. We are slowly but surely getting all of our uh, episodes up on YouTube, at least once or twice a week, a new, uh, uh, an old episode that has been remastered in a beautiful 4,800 uh, sample rating, whatever it is. Ooh, you know you love it. Bit yeah, I love to hear it. Pure dot wave sound files yeah. on the on the tubes. Um, and there's also our fun animated videos up on our YouTube. Just, you know what? You can just search Mr. Bunker into the uh, YouTube search, and you, that channel should come up. Um. And then also, if you want to support the show and you have the means to, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod. Um, we're going to be start doing some true crime episodes on there as well. So if you want to hear us do true crime episodes that are not unsolved, these are serial killer stories, these are various uh, non-murder specific true crimes, heists, scandals, things like that, check us out, patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod, as well as a bunch of other fun perks. Um, Andy, I don't got anything for you. I don't got anything else for you, huh? You feel like the Winchester Mystery House? You're a weird man who's, uh, <laughs> who's built like in I'm... an odd way, but you still function. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty... I mean, do I function? Like, I think this house is better off than me, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> this house has stood the test of time. Two earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. I think that... Uh, Get fucked, Mother Nature. Yeah, I think, I think that uh, was much better uh, than me. But, you know... Uh, I similarly have uh, internal workings that are a mystery. Um, I have a lot of dead ends within me, and um, people suspect me of being uh, plagued by spirits as well. So, in a way, yes, um, I have that going. Apropos, apropos. Um, well, Andy, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my, this is fitting, my beamish. My Beamish co-host, Andy Hart. Beamish? Beamish. Yeah, okay. Like a beam. All right, I'll take it. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Now, if you're not familiar with it, there is a song called Winchester Cathedral that was by the new vaudeville band uh, that uh, released in 1966. Uh, Actually ended up winning the uh, Grammy Award uh, for Best uh, Contemporary Recording uh, rock and roll recording, uh, even though it's not a rock song. Uh, and uh, that was the same year that uh, Good Vibrations came out. So it beat out Good Vibrations for a Grammy Award and also knocked it off the top of the charts here in the U.S. Um, so check it out.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.